That movie was literally scraping the very, very bottom barrel of the deepest pit in hell. That's the kind of garbage that movie is to me. I hated that movie. Hated it. Cheers. Fates and destinies and walking carpets and poop jokes. Numbers, huh? Does not compute. Well, that's good. The movie itself gives everybody amnesia. But no one else did that in the Star Wars movies. That lightsaber went on, and he went rage quit. Good God, the stuff I waste my life on. Yep, I'm not a quitter, you see. And welcome to the Movie Freaks Podcast. Oh, motherfuckers. <laughs> Shut up, you fucking idiots! There's nobody here! I'm sorry if I'm, like, screaming in your ear. I gotta yell through the window here. Shut up, you dumb fucks! Anyway. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, somebody might be knocking. I gotta go look. Okay. Well, I'll be damned. There was somebody at the door. That didn't take long. Oh, this is my neighbor. Well, he give you a and bottle I of booze? Ah, oh, he did. Yeah, buddy. Look at that. One bottle of Cuddy. I was taking care of their dogs for not very long, just like a day and a half. <laughs> but now, anyway. Now that's how you start a show right there. Yeah, there we go. All right, too bad I already poured this cheap bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got delicious $5 wine that I'm sipping on, you see. Mm. Oh, Eugene will be asleep by by the, by the time we get done with it. Oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Wine. <laughs> cheap wine. I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm not going <laughs> to... <laughs> the end. Cheap wine. The end. <laughs> we, we can't have a title for the episode this early in the show. we got to wait. we got to... <laughs> I know we have been off for a couple of weeks, but <laughs> uh, so yeah. How was uh, how are your holidays? Good, my good man. Yeah, holidays were quite good. No one was sick for Christmas, which is and New Year's, so that's a huge plus. Like right before Christmas, there was uh, some stomach flu, but uh, that got taken care of, and everybody was fine, which was really nice because it seems like the last couple of years someone's had. Uh, puking their guts out flew over the holidays. So this year, all was well. Good. So We we dodged illness on two fronts. First of all, getting together with my family for Christmas, uh, my sister and her kids were all still fevered and stuff, and I was like, nope, we will just wait till another time because I don't want my kids to have to deal oh, excuse me, with uh, fever for two weeks. Yeah. And... Uh, so that we, we did that. And, uh, for new years, we usually go to my, uh, how do I explain this? It's my sister's sister-in-law. They have, they have a good setup and it, that group of people all has kids our age. So we go there and finish basement. They just call run amok. And this was the first year, the first new years since I've had kids that I felt chill. Like oh. we hung out till after midnight and the kids played and I didn't, they're like old enough now. I don't have to worry about them putting their hands on the, the fire and, you know, just doing the generally dumb shit that two year olds do, yeah. you know, where you got to constantly slap shit out of their hands. I, I didn't have to do that this time. And so actually it was fun. It was cool. Um, 
Yeah, and then uh, another one of my friends was like, I, we had made plans to go to that party months ago, or a month ago, and then two weeks ago, uh, another friend was like, oh, I'm having a New Year's Eve party, why aren't you guys coming? You should come, you should come. It's like, well, we already had plans. Dodged a bullet there, because the next morning I saw on Facebook, oh, we all have the stomach flu, and my kids are puking. And, oh, man. Well, I'm like, oh, boy, I'm glad we didn't go there. <laughs> wow. So, well, yep, yeah. dodged to, dodged Dodged the flu twice. Nice, nice. Yeah, we are, for our New Year's, uh, we did uh, pretty much nothing, which was okay with me. We just made food at home, watched a Tim Burton movie, and uh, Old Man Me done by 1130, or passed out by 1130. The (laughs) the choice is yours. Yes. (laughs) Potato, potato. Yes, exactly, exactly. I, you know, I'm still a defender of, and I think I'm the only person on earth that is a defender of of uh, of Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Every time I watch that movie, I'm like, I still like that movie, and I still like Johnny Depp and all his Michael Jackson weird goofiness in that thing. I just, I like that movie. Well, it's because you haven't seen the original. No, for what, I, well, yeah. Uh, wait, I'm gonna, let me rephrase that. It's because you didn't grow up with the original, because the original is a older, well, that was 70s, wasn't it? Ooh, yeah, at least, if not 60s, but yeah, if it's 70s, probably early 70s. yeah. Well, I really like the original movie, yeah. so that's I was I had something to judge it against. You didn't have anything to judge it against, so yeah. you know what, what I anyway. what I do really like about uh, this version here, though, is it's two hours and it feels like barely an hour. It's really fast paced, and I just for Tim Burton. Like, here we are. We're talking about recently watched already, but everything about it, like it, the score, the setting. It's a great winter movie, not necessarily a Christmas movie, but it's a great winter movie for me, and I. Hudson, while he was a bit scared here and there, uh, him and Lucas, they both thought it was just fantastic. So, unfortunately, they're going to probably grow up knowing Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Oh, that's, oh. that's wrong. It's wrong. That's so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and what's funny is I showed uh, I showed Lucas the cover of the Blu-ray. I'm like, hey, here's what we're going to watch tonight. He's like, so is is that – I said, that's Willy Wonka. He's like, so is that a girl? I'm like, oh, oh, Okay. <laughs> Well, he is pretty androgynous in that movie. Yeah, well, yeah, with this, with the weird noodle roller Amish haircut and the big round glasses, and <laughs> nobody listening to a podcast in modern day that understands that word. <laughs> we Amish do. Word. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, you're right. Okay, let, let's get this back on track because okay. we have a shitload of stuff to talk about Agreed. since we've been gone for a couple of weeks. Uh, let's start off like we always do with roulette and dive in the ocean of cinema and find those gems in the rough, hopefully. It was a nice couple of weeks not having to watch a roulette. I, I, uh, I'm not gonna... Amen. ...deny that. Uh, but anyway, okay. Uh, last episode we did this on, it was The Worthy Up Against Red Christmas. And let's see here. Oh, I'll go first. I don't like to, but... What in the hell? The Worthy. In the near future, with civilization a thing of the past, a man puts his family in peril when he reluctantly lets outsiders into his camp. And this is... uh, It's a foreign film. I I did watch the dub version, so at least I didn't have to deal with subtitles. That was nice. Um, And it's set in Middle East. It's some Middle Eastern kind of lower-budget film. Should I say lower budget? Because the, the, when you get into countries like that, they never have the budgets that are that most cinema you're used to. Yeah. So 
I don't know if it was a low budget for that country, but it was a lower budget budgeted film. Uh, it was shot well. Uh, the acting was fine. The lighting was good. I mean, it, all of that kind of stuff was fine. The special effects, you could tell, were a little lower budget, but they were. it was okay because you were seeing a quality film, so you were forgiving the, of the CGI fire and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. So that, that was fine. That didn't bother me. Um, I did not like this movie. I was pretty bored. Uh, enough that I had a hard time even focusing on it and paying attention to what was going on, but it, it didn't really matter. This is basically a home invasion movie where the home is, is a small community inside of a abandoned warehouse, you know, post-apocalyptic future bombed out warehouse. Yeah. Easy, cheap one location. It doesn't seem like you're, you're it doesn't seem like you're hating it though. Yeah. I don't want to hate on it because all of that stuff was fine and maybe somebody else will enjoy it. So I don't want to put them totally off of it. But for me myself, no, I did. I was, I did not like the movie. Uh, I didn't care for the way the plot all kind of wrapped up and everything. It just, it just wasn't for me. I, 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 so it's hard for me to hate on it. I mean, personally, for me, I did not like it at all. But there were things there that made it impossible for me to, like, really, really crap on it. You know what I mean? It's sure. not a piece of dog shit. It's, I, just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a home invasion thing. I don't like those movies anyway. So... <sighs> then to have all these conflicting, confounding reasons for why people were attacking them, it was like, I don't even understand why, why or is this even happening? Whatever. It doesn't matter. It wasn't for me, so you might want to check it out, uh, but, uh, and you might actually like it. I don't know, but it's a, it's not like it's a super art housey hipstery thing or something like that. It's a pretty basic, straightforward movie. It's, it just, I, no, I'm good. So when you say low budget, like, is it like Netflix low budget or is it like the witch low budget to where they utilize the money like really, really well? Does that make sense? It makes sense, but you got a very wide spectrum with those two movies uh, or those two types of movies. I Somewhere in the middle there. I, I Again, I didn't have any complaints with the way it was shot or the technical stuff. I didn't have any, I didn't have any problem with that. It just, I didn't care about the story or the characters or anything that happened when it finally happened. Gotcha. It's just like, oh, well, you're dumbasses. What did you expect? This is what... Yeah, it's... Ah. Gotcha. Okay. But hey, maybe you'll maybe you'd like it. Okay. Because uh, you're more forgiving of that subgenre. Uh, over to you, Red Christmas. Yeah, I actually... Um, I actually had to go and look to see what I picked uh, on roulette because while it only has been two weeks since we've recorded, I forgot what I watched. And the reason I forgot what I watched is because I watched a complete... And total, utter piece of shit. Um, possibly closing out 2017 with, if not the worst roulette, then <laughs> pretty close. Uh, Red Christmas, directed by someone uh, starring D. Wallace, which is, what? Come on. You're awesome. You don't be in this stuff. Um, it's, um, I'm going to spoil this movie, by the way, just because... Uh, no one should have to sit through this hour and 22 minutes. That feels like three hours. Um, one of my biggest complaints with newer horror movies is how you, there's so many of them, you hate every character immediately. So many of them. I'm like, I know that back in the 70s and 80s and heck, even the 90s, 
Um, they weren't this despicable to where you hate them immediately. Like, I actually think of, I know what you did last summer, which is a, you know, it's a very 90s slasher movie, but I, you know, I kind of liked the characters in that movie. Even, even, uh, Ryan Felipe, he's kind of an asshole in the movie, but I, I'm like, ah, you're kind of cool. I kind of like you. In this movie, right from the get go, every single person is awful. And D. Wallace, I really like D. Wallace. It just felt very much like she's reading a script and whatever. But it's it's a home invasion movie, kind of. Um, mother, uh, this lady has an abortion, and um, years and years later, it turns out the abortion, the aborted child, it was was not dead, and so he comes back, and the aborted child happens to be, and I'm spoiling this movie, happens to be a. Um, Oh, it's, it's a, ah, it's, um, give me something to guess at. It's not retarded. It's not retarded. handicapped yes. person. Yeah. Or? It's not retarded. It's, um, they're on the spectrum. Yeah. But it, uh, I'd like to say what autistic. What, oh, there it is. There it is. Okay. So okay. it turns out that this, this person is now an autistic killer. Well, D Wallace's character had another child and he is autistic and uh, then there's also a, you know, a couple other, like two sisters who are just, the one sister is just awful and she's really pregnant in the movie and she is just awful. Um, and then the other sister is like this Christian lady and her preacher husband. It, it's, oh, I hate you. Just thinking about this is making me angry thinking about this movie. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, you know, slickly shot, low budget, one setting. Um, the gore is fake. Uh, this got a zero, I believe. I don't, there wasn't one single thing. I was so disappointed in D. Wallace for starring in a movie like this, like of this, this awful equality. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we watch a lot of things with some questionable taste, uh, but an autistic killer, that seems very bad taste. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're trying to be different. You're trying to put a spin on the, I'm like, and they actually had an autistic, uh, they actually had an autistic, uh, person playing the, the, I'm not sure if it was the, the killer, but the, 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 the one son that lives in the house. And I guess kudos to him for being in this movie and, you know, being an actor or whatever, but good God, I hated this movie. I mean, I really, really hated this movie. Um, and I just, it, all it would have taken to make it not bad is have characters that you kind of sort of care about, just make it so that they're not complete raging assholes or complete doofuses make them yeah. normal like like the, the pregnant lady i'm like no one acts like that in real life and if you do shame on you because you are an awful human being but it's like the, even her dialogue i'm like you you people don't talk like that unless well unless you're an awful human being but <laughs> zero i've so we've got way too much good stuff to talk okay. about this movie yeah. sucks all right next round uh, Haunters, The Art of the Scare. This documentary takes us into the world of those who create horror simulations for willing audiences and examines the culture they have spawned. That seems like your fairly safe pick of the week. Uh, happy Hunting, on the run from his meth-dealing employers, a drifter with a drinking problem becomes prey in a t desert town's twisted hunting contest, where I'm sure it's the deadliest man, the deadliest prey of all. And lastly, by request, Super Dark Times, a tragic 
accident drives a wedge between two teenage boys threatening a friendship that he seemed firm that had seemed firm and unshakable and i didn't add this one at first because it seems like a drama or something and you like i just breezed right over it like huh uh but uh you seem interested so there you go 103 minutes okay um and uh coming your way is the vault from 2017 this is one that i really wanted to watch because i almost booked this movie at the theater uh but it looks just uh, horror-ish enough that it probably wouldn't have played the greatest. I have to be careful with these types of movies. Uh, this one here is from 2017, uh, directed by Dan Bush, who I believe he had a hand in um, The Signal, uh, which is a pretty good movie. I know that we've talked about Which one? The original, that the the one with The Signal that turns people crazy. Oh, I just rewatched yeah, that one in yeah. October. Um. So, uh, two estranged sisters are forced to rob a bank in order to save their brother, uh, but this is no ordinary bank. Stars James Franco. So, there is at least some talent behind there. And uh, the trailer, I, I think the trailer looked pretty good. But, uh, anyway, that's that's that. Uh, next up is Infinity Chamber. Now, I'm going to just, you know, go on record here as and say the uh, synopsis of the movie and... The cover, I guess, looked intriguing uh, intriguing enough for me to throw it your way. It is an hour and 43 minutes, so it's a little bit longer, but uh, a man trapped in an automated prison must outsmart a computer in order to escape. Sounds kind of cubish to me. Uh, that's, that's a gamble, because I don't have a whole lot of information on that. Uh, and last but not least is a movie called Planetarium from 2016. Uh, starring Natalie Portman. This is um, a drama fantasy mystery. Follows the journey of sisters who are believed to possess the supernatural ability to connect with ghosts. They cross paths with a visionary French producer while performing in Paris. And I, uh, Natalie Portman, I think she is a quality actress. And um, actually, I think... Uh, that's Lily Rose Depp. That's Johnny, Johnny Depp's Yeah. So anyway... Uh, it might be something. I don't know. I mean, it's a bit of a gamble because it's an hour and 45 minutes, but uh, there you go. There's your rule bit, sir. I'm going to watch all those. are. You can expect all three of those back on. Uh, I'm going to take the vault. Okay. That sounds pretty cool. I like James Franco enough to watch pretty much anything that he does. So I'm going to check that one out. All right. I've got to say, this uh, this roulette is stacked. Every single one of the ones that you threw my way, I'm probably going to have watched by next week. In fact... I'm like, like right now. I'm not sure. Do I take uh, Happy Hunting, or do I take which was another one that I that was in the possibilities of a theatrical screening. Uh, really? Or, yeah. Or this uh, Super Dark Times. But I have actually heard so many good things about Super Dark Times. Another one that I I came so close. The only here's the reason I did not book that movie at our theater is uh, it was a day and date release. So basically, what that means is. Uh, the day it was released to very few theaters, it was also available to rent on uh, or at least purchase off of sites like uh, Vudu. Gotcha. So I'm like, oh, that, that kind of, you know, puts that it. That cuts into it. Yeah. But um, the reviews for that thing were, I don't know if I've read any negative reviews on that. So I think that, uh, I think I'm going to go with Super Dark Times just because I'd like to start Roulette for 2018 with a bang. But I, all three of those sound good. And I'm going to, I'll have reviews probably on all three of them next week. Cool. And I don't know anything about that happy hunting either than like, the cool synopsis. I didn't go watch a trailer and, or do yeah. any research. So. All right, there you go. Uh, next episode, it will be The Vault up against Super Dark Times.
We we All ended right. 2017 on a, on a harumph, but we're going to pick up 2018 with hopefully two thumbs up. <laughs> uh, who knows? It's the roulette. Okay. <laughs> yep. We're not here to watch good movies. We're here to find the good movies yes. in the stack of garbage. So... <laughs> Okay, let's move on to our second segment tonight. We're going to do the annual year-end roulette, the best and worst. And I didn't get a chance to hit you up beforehand, so uh, how many best and worst do you have? I got 11 best and 7 worst. I, I actually I did, had a good year. Yeah, I did 10 and 10, but I can I can literally, I can whatever you want to do, I can do 5 and 5, whatever, like the top 5 or whatever you nope, want to do. let's do it. Let's do it. We don't because we don't need to spend a lot of time on any of them. No. Uh, just. Um, Are we going to start with best or worst? Are we going to kind of... How are we doing this? Let's get the garbage out of the way first, because that's never pleasant. Um, just hold on, making a note here. And literally, like, I'm even, I'm even looking at my list, and I'm like, I just wrote this list the other, like, yesterday, and I'm like, wait, no, what is that movie? I what, huh? And I had to do research. <laughs> I, had, I had to do research to make this worst list because I don't know this garbage anymore. And now I'm like, oh, I, I'm already looking like. What? What is this one? Oh, I gotta look it up again. I, I had to Google several, uh, probably a dozen of the movies because I could not recall a single frame of them. And then as soon as the poster would pop up, I'm like, "Oh, that, that. piece of shit!" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's do. I gotta uh, let's do our worst list first. You go ahead and do. Uh, you have more than I do. Here's the thing: if it was just mediocre, I didn't add it to the worst list. I only put the stuff I hated on there because most of the uh, roulettes that we're going to talk, that we talk about are mediocre. It, it's just, meh, it's there and it's not worth hating on or loving on. So I didn't bother with those. So why don't you go ahead and do your worst uh, 10, 9, and 8. Okay. Um, worst is... Um... Here alone, and I, I guess this one here would fall under the mediocre. This is like the the one of all. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, um, which I think you watched it and you thought it was okay. I just I, I was boring. Slow. I did I didn't like it. Um, so that was uh, actually now that I look at it, I only have nine. So sorry about that. Uh, oh, here we go. Every time there's a list. oh, I know <laughs> I, it's it's numbers, huh? <laughs> Does not compute. Um, does not satisfy my logic circuits. <laughs> uh, number eight, and again, I'm having to look this up because I don't know what it is. Skip trace. What? Uh, what's that? Oh, I remember that. Jackie Chan and uh, oh, 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 Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> oh, that was awful, yes. awful. Yep. Shame on them. Uh, oh, and it was an hour and forty-seven minutes. Good God, the stuff I waste my life on. <laughs> so that you don't have to. All for the show. All for the show. Yep. Hey, Rennie Harlan directed it, so yeah, it's worst of the year. Wow. <laughs> All right, give me number seven. Uh, then number seven is once again. I have to look this up. Uh, don't kill it. That was Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Oh, yuck. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I, the spirit that jumped around. Oh, or something so bad. And Dolph Lundgren, and then the whole way through, I'm like, why, dude? Come on. What's he got? Expendables 4 hasn't started shooting yet, so he's got some time. I guess that. Yeah, don't kill it, Liz. Please do. (laughs) Okay, number seven for me was... uh, Let's do two at a time. Okay. Uh, Number seven for me was The Terror Within, which... Do you you like that movie? Oh, I sure do. Yeah, I watched it on YouTube after your review, and I'm like, I kind of like that. That's funny. The bottom of our worst list, we both... The other person liked. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, not so much. It's it's kind of a piece of crap. Total the, uh, because I can deal with the Corman-esque bits of it or that batitude, if you will, but the blatant ripoff uh, even of characters and dialogue of Alien is what made it go down the list where I'm like, yeah, screw you. Uh, number six for me was Man Versus. This is the one where the guy is mm-hmm. out in the... It's a Predator ripoff. Again, it's such a ripoff that I'm just... Get out of here. I don't, I don't need to waste my time with this. Number six. For you. Number six for me is House on Willow Street. Uh, something about... Oh, what is it about? Uh, oh, it's a... Oh, this is actually one where now that I think about it at the very, very end, I think it might be kind of a little bit cool, but there was a home invasion thing. They kidnap a girl. And she turns out to be possessed. And it's oh yeah, kind of an exorcist type thing. And then, then she possesses them. And I remember nothing about it other than I hated it. <laughs> so there's that. Um, next up, I think this was a free voodoo one, if I'm not mistaken. That's Uncaged. I don't even remember. I don't remember what that one is. I th- it's a werewolf movie. And I think. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, was it a voodoo one? Yeah, I think. I think you might be right. And I, the I, trailer for that one was cool, though. That, that was one that I was surprised sucked. Uncaged. A sleeping teen straps on a camera to himself to discover. Isn't this? I thought that there was one of the Harry Potter uh, guys was in here. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I can't find his name on um, whatever it was. It was. Uh, it was not good. Anyway. Oh, you know, that wasn't it. That was Big Bad or something. I don't know. <laughs> they all blend together. In a... Yes, they do. Okay. Uh, number five for me is Blood Sisters. This would be one that you might like. It's a slasher movie where this kid runs away. and uh, It was something I watched on YouTube. A 70s or 80s slasher movie. <laughs> that, that took place in a brothel. I think, or there was a brothel and then it got shut down and then kids went there to break in and camp overnight and fool around and then some kill. It sucked. I no, no, thanks. That's uh that's a Eugene import from Germany movie right there. <laughs> not, not for me. Number four, because this company will always have an entry on my worst of list at the end of the roulettes. A nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell. <laughs> trauma. Yeah, yeah. You can go rot, trauma. Early trauma, too. Oh, oh it sucked. It terrible. Okay, back to you. Okay, number four for me is demonic. Uh, generic haunted house thing with Maria Bello. Uh, embarrassingly running through lines in this movie. Quit being in shitty movies, people. It was... <laughs> Awful. You gotta, gotta work, man. You gotta get paid. Yeah, you do. This stuff, I guess, pays the bills, but yeah, this was not good. I think this one here uh, had a bit more of a budget behind it, but again, just the the lack of anything remotely interesting in it, just you had a little bit more of a budget and this is what you came up with? No. I often wonder, too, how they, when they get um, better actors to be in the, these kind of really low-budget things, do you think it like had a good script... And with horror movies, you're hosed because the budgets are always low and there's always a big horror movie breakout, it seems like, every year, a couple of years. Yeah. You know, a Saw comes along. And the Witch. It's amazing. Yeah, nobody questions why Danny Glover was in Saw. Now, if that movie had been a flaming piece of shit, then you're going, oh, come on, Maria Bello, why are you in Demonic? Or, yeah. You know, no, whatever I got the case you. may be. Yeah. No, that makes sense. 
But yeah, 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 yeah whatever. It was garbage. Um, okay, next up is <laughs> Patchwork. Oh, my hatred of this movie. You remember this one? I remember you hated it. Oh, this is the <laughs> one with the like three or four ladies all combined. It's yeah, it's yeah. funny, haha. No, it's not. It's a it, watch Frankenhooker. Trust me, it's that's good. This isn't. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, number three for me, the new daughter. Speaking of good actors being in shitty horror movies, Kevin Costner and his daughter moved to this new house and she says, dad, strange things are happening. He's like, ah, you're probably just having nightmares. And and she's like, but dad, crazy things are happening. Ah, it's probably nothing. Uh, And the townsfolk are like, oh, you moved into that house where, oh, that's probably nothing. I hate ghost movies, uh, ghost house movies. They are just... It's just the same damn shit over and over and over and over. And nobody would ever do that, I don't think. Would ever react that way. By about the third time of like, oh, there's some crazy shit happening, let's look into it. Or let's move. Or let's call Ghostbusters. Or let's call somebody, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Even the, like, I mean, there's enough... I I say Ghostbusters jokingly, but there's enough fake Ghostbustery people that actually exist in the world. Like, you would do something proactive instead of just... Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. And it, it, I hated putting it quite that high because the climax of the movie was actually pretty sweet. It just took an, a way too fucking long to get there. And by, by that point, I didn't care and I wanted everybody to die. So, meh, the new daughter. Hmm. Uh, well, number that, two. That, that one there actually was uh, – that was a theatrical release, wasn't it? I mean, that was – Oh, boy. If it was, it wasn't for very long because that was about as throwaway generic as, as ghost movies come. Yeah. Uh, next up is Embers. Do you remember this one? Oh, it sounds familiar, but again, all these crap movies. I, I Something horror, I'm guessing. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, actually. <laughs> oh, no? This is the one that I had to look up five times while I was putting the list together, because even after I looked <laughs> it up, I would go back because I couldn't remember what it was. This is the one where the everybody in the whole world's memory resets every day. And it's post-apocalyptic, and everybody gets up and wanders around, and who are you, or who who did I wake up next to, and oh, yeah, oh, I... <sighs> I mean, I literally don't remember you talking about that movie. Well, that's good. The movie itself gives everybody amnesia. <laughs> um, no, it's just a very artsy-fartsy kind of... Yeah, how we look at people and the human condition and we're so forgetful and our worst enemy can be our best lover and vice versa kind of I it's like I get it I get what they're doing but I hated it, it was just terrible no no good pass uh and well we're kind of off kilter here I'll just do my last one okay number one the disappointments room again with the ghosty house bullshit <laughs> this movie can suck eggs it, it was terrible Amazing that I was disappointed by a movie with disappointment in the title. <laughs> now, that doesn't sound like as bad as your worst of last year. Because wasn't that awful Western movie the worst one from last year? Or Yes. And the year before that, it was The Chosen. Yeah. So, so those are pretty awful movies, which I've watched both of those. Was this one here that bad? No. Oh, no. It, it's just a big pile of nothing. Yeah. It's just vanilla. And it's... No, no good that way. So I think I've done a better job of hassling you into picking better movies. That's that's what I'm going to take away. Okay, from good, this. good. People are learning. We're growing. We're growing. Yes. Uh, this is a kind of a self help yeah. podcast, actually. Kind of what it comes down to. 
<laughs> it is. It's uh, it's our group therapy session yes. once a week. We get together <laughs> and give each other shit about the time that we waste, and then give each other more time to waste yeah, with, exactly. the, with more of this bullshit. <laughs> Uh, okay, give me your two and one. Okay, number two is, and this, uh, splitting hairs, <clears throat> Red Christmas, I guess Red Christmas gets to the number two spot. It doesn't quite make number one just because D. Wallace, I feel sorry for her, but what an awful movie. Just terrible. Like, that ranks right down there with the movies that you were talking about, the, the Chosen and that Western garbage. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like that to me. Gotcha. But the absolute worst, worst, worst movie of the year is Belief, The Possession of Janet Moses. <laughs> I had to laugh when I was typing that up the other day. That movie was literally scraping the very, very bottom barrel of the deepest pit in hell. That's the kind of garbage that movie is to me. I hated that movie. Hated it. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Salute. I think I'll pour myself a cutty after that. Just thinking about that movie and thinking of, like, the hour and a half of my life that is gone. Gone. I, I would probably watch Red Christmas twice before I would watch that once again. I hated it that bad. Like, I mean, wow. You went, uh, wow, that I, that far of a gap between those two? I hated it so bad. It was so boring. And it was one of those, like, we've talked about this already, where within the first five or ten minutes, you're like, oh, no. Oh, what have I done? And you're, you're screwed. Because it's the roulette. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, just, I picked it. I picked my poison, now now wallow in it. And, oh, good God. That well, you can pick another roulette. I know, but at that point, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I saw the title screen. I've committed I've two committed, minutes. Yeah, now I'm, now, I might as well just be in for the whole yep, thing. I'm not a quitter, you see. <laughs> <laughs> that you are not. Yeah, so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> On to the good stuff. We don't like to... Tear down the bad movies, because I'm sure there, I, I know for a fact there are people out there that like some of the movies that I was just shredding, so that's, there's nothing wrong with that, this is all opinion. It is. Go it, watch yeah. these movies and make up your own mind, people. We say that a lot. Uh, okay, let's get on to the best stuff, because that's what we want to do is really, that's the whole point of the roulette, is to shine a light, baby, shine yeah. a light on these movies and hopefully get people to watch them. Uh, I have 11, you have 10. Number 11 for me is The Impossible. Uh, with Ian McGregor and Naomi Watts. This is the movie about the um, tsunami comes in. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Boy, yeah, that made the top? Wow. It did. I'm, I'm not saying I would mess... Well, I'll probably watch it again someday. But it's fantastic filmmaking, and I, I gave it a good review. I just It was really hard for me to watch as a parent because they're searching for missing kids, and it's really horrifying. I've had some hardcore nightmares about tsunamis where... The kind where you wake up flailing and swimming in bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why. I never thought that was an issue for me, but apparently it is. I don't know. There's just been more tsunamis in recent history that they have, like, video of, and, and you can see the devastation. It just, that movie really affected me, and I think that that is a testament to how good the filmmaking was, that it felt extremely real. I still don't know how they got a lot of those scenes. It was amazing, and it's something that you should check out at least once. It's not a happy film. I will. For most of it, it's not a happy film. Uh, but it's very effective, and so that's why it's making my list. And, okay, I'm going to do number 10 as well, then we'll be on track for going back one-to-one. Okay. Uh, Detour. Do you remember this movie? This is yes. one that I had to look up. And yes. I, I had to think about it again, and I was like, oh, that little prick. And uh, That was a good I, movie. But then I thought about it some more and was like, no, you know what? I liked that movie. That was 
well made. It was unique. It was interesting. It was about this kid, the kid who steals his dad's car to go to Vegas or some some shit. I, I don't remember the exact details of the plot, but it's told non-linearly, and it works very well without becoming a ripoff of uh, other non-linear storytelling movies. So I give that one a thumbs up. Uh, over to you, number 10. Okay, so coming in at number 10 for me is a movie that you recommended, and that would be The Drop with uh, Tom Hardy. I uh, Looking over my list, it, it took me a little bit. I'm like, ah, that was the one that you really uh, pushed me to watch, and I recall uh, liking it a lot. Uh, in me, it, yeah, that was a Blu-ray trade. Yes, it was. So it wasn't I – mean, it's not my favorite of the year. But uh, that was definitely worthy for a roulette. That was definitely one to get onto the list. Uh, number nine is another another one that you had already seen that you recommended. And uh, that would be Meet the Robinsons. Uh, nice. Yeah, that was... Uh, har- I hate to say harmless, but it just harmless, feel-good fun. And in the ocean of roulette stuff that we watch sometimes, that's just what you need. Yes, it is. So, good movie. Uh, quite liked it. Okay. Number nine for me is The Thing from Another World. And I know I didn't shout this thing's praises from the rooftops the first time that I watched it uh, on the roulette, but I did enjoy it. And in retrospect, thinking back on it, would I watch that again? Yeah, I probably would watch that again. Not real soon, but at some point I probably would. Yeah, that is a, that's a checklist for me. I got to watch that sometime. Yeah, and you really do. Because there, there are some really cool moments in that movie. Gotcha. As far as uh, just the thing wandering around and like killing people and stuff. It's pretty sweet. Uh, okay. Number eight is Boyka. Undisputed. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, I totally dug this movie. You definitely need to check this one out. This is one of the better ones of that series, even though the sequels of that series are pretty good. So, yeah. Check it out sometime. Gotcha. Okay. And number eight for me is a uh, zombie, not zombie, but virus outbreak movie called Viral from 2016. Uh, This one here, uh, I remember thinking this was quality enough that it could have played in theaters. Like the the production values were good enough. The performances were good enough. uh, And it was interesting enough, even though it's rated R, but I think it was a pretty light R. But it was a good movie. Uh, Really good. That's actually one that I'll probably watch again at some point. Um, okay, that was number eight. Number seven is Dig Two Graves. You remember me talking about this one? I do. It was one that I didn't get around to on uh, my October Horrorthon, but it'll, I'll save it for next year, yep, this or is, this year. Ted Levine is in this, who is, uh, uh, what's his name from? Puts the lotion on the skin. Yes, that's the one. Uh, this is a really good movie. This is how you do a indie low-budget uh, movie right. It was just well made, even though you could see that they don't have a whole lot of funds. It was uh, just good. It was a really, really good movie, and I highly recommend checking it out uh, as long as it's still on uh, Netflix, which I'm guessing it is, but that was big thumbs up there. Number seven, The Kindred. Do you remember this oh, one? Oh, yes. <laughs> Did you ever get around to watching it, though? Uh, no, Arrow is uh, bringing... I think it's Arrow bringing, is bringing that out on uh, Blu-ray. So I shall uh, I shall wait for the Blu-ray. Okay. You will not be disappointed. It's everything that you want in a slimy 80s monster movie. 
and boy are there buckets of slime in this thing. And every time I think it can't really get a little weirder, oh, oh yes it can. Yes. So I, I enjoyed this one all the way through, and I, I would fall out of my chair of shock if in shock if you didn't like this movie. Can't wait. Uh, number six is from 1979, Prophecy. <laughs> oh yes, yes, man, bear thing. Um, I, this was a total gem in the rough for me because I have never. Well, I just remember the VHS cover and stuff, but I never heard anybody talk about it. Nobody until we started talking about it, and then I'm, like Thomas told me he loves that movie. I and so do I. I've only seen it one time, but I will totally pick this up as soon as I can find it on DVD or something. There you go. Got it. Um, okay, this is odd. I just have uh, I, I had a an old acquaintance that I used to work with at uh, the leather shop, and uh, he uh, he messaged me. He's like, "Hey, what's that movie that plays in reverse in France where a girl gets raped?" I'm like, "Oh, good god!" <laughs> like, of course, I get a message like that while we're taping uh, a movie freaks. This it's, is what makes us movie freaks. I get messages like that all the time. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that yeah. would that, that would be irreversible. Great movie. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, so number six for me is uh, Chilling Visions. Do you remember this one? This is an anthology movie, which I am a sucker yeah. for a good anthology movie. And that one there really stuck with me. Uh, in fact, I'm, that one there, now we're getting, it, now it's starting to get tough to like to place where these should go. Because just looking at this, I'm like, man, that should have almost gone higher. But the other ones are good enough to where I'm like, ah, I'm happy with with how that all lines up. But Chilling Visions is really good. That's a gem in the rough. Cool. Did I watch that one? I'm not sure I if don't I did know or not. Because that, that was on the... I have the Blu-ray now. I bought the Blu-ray of that thing because I liked it that much. But that was on mm. uh, the Scream Factory... Or the Shout Factory channel. Oh, okay. I might have. I'm not sure. Number five is a YouTube movie that I watched and can't wait for it to be released on... At some point, released on Blu-ray because I'm sure it, it will with all of these other... Uh, 80s slasher movies, but that is Cheerleader Camp. Everything that you want in a cheesy, uh, more bottom shelf slasher movie from the 80s, it's in this movie. It's got silly humor. You kind of like the characters, even though they're fairly ridiculous. A couple good kills, uh, twist ending that's more comical than anything, but it's a good movie. Uh, I thoroughly liked it, and I'm sure that it's one that I'll like even more when it gets a proper remaster, but that was a fun time. That's number cool. five. Okay. My turn? Yep. Number five, Godless. Now, there's a couple of reasons why I moved this one down a little bit. Uh, it could have been higher because of the production value and the story. I really loved all that. But it, technically, I mean, this is technically movie freaks. And this is technically a show. Uh, even though it's kind of a miniseries, it's... I don't know. Am I going to run watch it again anytime soon? I mean, that's a time commitment. Yes. So probably not going to watch that for quite... A while. I would watch that again down the road, but not for a, quite a long time. Um, it's it's still a very excellent series, and I encourage everybody to go check it out. Uh, number four, Kill Command. Remember this oh, one? Oh, yes. Good movie. Really good movie. Oh, you watched it? Kill Command. Yeah. Did you watch it? Oh, wait a minute. Is that, I thought the, is that the zombie thing? No. This is uh, robots on an island. Oh. AI takes over. Okay, now I was thinking Rekill or Rokill. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah, Rekill. Okay. That was last year. Okay. Kill Command, yes. The, 
experimental AI and robots goes haywire and, you know, that that old Terminator-y thing where, yeah, that always ends well. <laughs> uh, especially in their soldier robots, so they're killing everything that goes to try and shut them down. But it's a... Even though it's, you can kind of... It, a little bit predictable, I guess. I mean, you can kind of assume what's going to happen as far as A, B, and C. It still was uh, well worth the trip. The special effects were excellent, I thought. Especially for... A movie that just kind of came out of nowhere and I don't think got a theatrical release. I thought the special effects were astounding. Nice. Um, it had a couple of slow parts here and there, but overall it was still a very good movie. Very entertaining, at least as far as the roulette goes. We always got to keep throwing that in there. When we say, really good for a roulette. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you should definitely check that out sometime. That's a good flick. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Uh, back to me. Number four is... 1922. This is a Stephen King adaption, and I, uh, while I adore the book, read it twice. Uh, if I had never read the book, this would be even better. But because I read the book, um, and I, I believe I talked about this on the show when I reviewed this, is people were complaining about the slow pace of this, and that was my biggest problem: is that I didn't think it was slow enough. Like. I don't want to say that it should have had a good 20 minutes to a half hour tacked onto it for better character development and to see the the downward spiral that all of these characters take through the midway point. Uh, it, it's truncated and it's there, but it's just it, it. I don't have quite the connection with the characters in the movie as I did in the book. However, Thomas Jane, it's his movie. He owns this movie and that role. And uh, it's a great, great movie. So uh, it's highly recommended. Uh, it's another one of those Netflix originals that feels like it could have had a theatrical release. It's very well shot, uh, well acted, just well-made movie. Just, uh, man, I wish it would have been just 20 minutes to a half hour longer. Wow, that's not often that we say that. Yeah, I know. Uh, number three, <laughs> I, I, here again, I'm just thinking of, of my enjoyment level of this. And this one here... Uh, totally came out of nowhere. I can't believe how much I actually enjoyed this, but I did enjoy it. And that is Little Evil. The I thought you gave this a negative review. No, I gave this a thumbs up. Oh, okay. Uh, I liked it. I I like Adam Scott a lot and uh, Evangel Evangeline uh, something Evangel <laughs> Evangeline Lily. That's the one. <laughs> Wow. Evangelily. Evangelily, there you go. Uh, She's dating herself. Yeah. And that's her <laughs> combo name. Uh, I just, it's a, it's a comedic uh, omen thing. And I, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. Uh, Clancy Brown's in it too. It's funny in all the right spots and uh, just a good movie. Having said that, you know, look, thinking back, maybe I have this a little bit too high because I, kind of recall enjoying cheerleader camp and chilling visions a little bit more, but, uh, another surprise Netflix produced movie. Cool. Uh, okay. My turn. Yeah. Carrying on in the tradition of Netflix produced movies, wheel man with mm. Frank Grillo. Nice. This was an action still movie. In that my, was still my roulette or uh, still in my queue. Shot mostly. Well, it just had enough cool, interesting things about it that while it was borrowing from other movies, it, set its own pace and made its own style. I mean, the camera was pretty much always the car or in the car. So it, the car was like the main character. Uh, even when it swapped to another car, it would then be that car. So <clears throat> good action movie. They say fuck a lot. Uh, yeah. you'll, I don't think you'll be disappointed. It was worth a watch. Another Netflix original movie. Number two, 
Other Life. And this is one that got, the movie got better as it went. This is the one where they put the drop in their eye and then they get to go on a oh, yeah. day vacation or whatever. And they use it as an experimental prison idea where it feels like you're trapped in there for a hundred days or whatever. And then you come out and it's only been five minutes or some shit like that. But the, I mean, as the movie was going, I'm like, all right, okay. And you're copying this and that, but then I'm like, Oh wait, that's different. Oh, Oh shit. That's fucked up. I like that. And it kept going like that all the way to the end where it kept surprising me. It kept taking different turns. And by the time it was all said and done, I was like, damn, that was a good movie and one that you should check out sometime. It's a rock solid Netflix original uh, flick, and it's number two for me for the year. Nice. Give me your number two, then I'll do my number one. Okay, number two for me. And this actually was uh, this got pretty tough between the the top two, but um, I'm actually going well. My enjoyment level of number two is higher than what my number one movie is, but uh, there's a reason for that, and I'll explain here. Number two for me was The Windmill. You remember this movie? This was towards the beginning of the year, I believe, but uh, everything about this movie, I had a smile on my face. The production values, the gore, the pacing, uh, everything about this was a well-made, newer horror movie. It's not going to be for everybody, but uh, for me, it, it... Checked all the right boxes, and I thoroughly liked it. I mean, looking over the list of everything that I've watched this year for Roulette, I'm like, oh, that's not only going to be in the top ten. That's going to be pretty high, close to the top, but didn't quite make number one spot just because of my other movie, which I'll get to here in a second. Okay, I got you. Uh, Number one Roulette of 2017 is The Place Beyond the Pines. Uh, This stars Ryan Gosling... Eva Mendes, Ben Mendelsohn. There's a lot of great actors in this movie. I didn't think that this one, I was going to like that as much as I did when I watched it. But holy shit, did I really like it by the time it was all said and done. It's a, it's deliberately paced. That's not to say it's slow paced. It just has a very certain pace. And then it does a big time jump halfway through the movie of like 10 or 15 years. And you get to see the outcome of, or the consequences of the, choices and actions of the characters from the first half or the first act or first half of the movie. And that's something that you don't get to see a lot in, in a lot of cinema, even for drama cinema, it's getting to see the long-term consequences of the choices that you've made. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really fascinating idea. And I thought they handled it very well. And it made for a very gripping kind of moving movie, kind of in the same way of like boyhood where you get to see the long-term, uh, cons- not consequences there, but there it's um, uh, the long-term reactions for early choices that the parents made, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You get to see how that kid develops and why he thinks the way he does in the end. And, it, you know, that makes sense. And here it's, it's, it's definitely more about consequences, but it is a great movie and you should definitely check it out sometime. I think that you would like it quite a bit too. It's pretty powerful stuff, and it's not depressingly depressing powerful. It's not like you feel bad by the end of the movie. Yeah. It's just here's some people, and they made some decisions, and you get to see how they play out. Yeah. And that's it's it's very true to life, which is something that will automatically make a movie good. You know, that's yeah. what cinema is always trying to capture, real life. They're always trying to make things more realistic. 
and more accurate. That's why we get so annoyed when characters, nobody talks like that. Yeah. Nobody speaks in that form or, or, you know, things we, we point out like that all the time. That's not realistic. And in a movie like this, where you're absolutely going for realism, it they captured it. So much so that I almost have to wonder if there isn't a fair amount of autobiographical stuff in here, or somebody lived this shit, the writer or somebody, mm. ex- had a hand in experiencing it, and just did a great job of committing it to paper, which it was then handled very well, turned into film. I could be totally wrong, it might be entirely fiction, but whatever, it's a great movie, and everybody should check it out. Nice. Okay. Sounds good. And my number one movie of the year is 2016's Raw. Uh, the movie that stuck with me the most, and that's probably one of the main reasons I picked it, is I thought about this movie, and I still do, uh, long is after. Is this I the started. French cannibal movie? This is the French, yes. Oh. Wow. Uh, it just, I love when a movie can really catch me off guard and be a totally unique, weird thing that exists and that's what under the skin has done for me that is what the witch did uh and a host of other movies and this kind of falls into that realm and i i think that the witch and under the skin are better but uh for a unique experience and one that the whole way through even though it is a bit slow paced uh i was like what is going to happen next and where is this thing going it was it's something else uh it, it's very. It, it has a very art house sensibility to it, but um, I was with the characters the whole way through. The hazing stuff was hard to watch, and uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the show or not. But just talking about Irreversible uh, briefly here a little bit ago, this actually reminded me just a bit of that French style of filmmaking, to where it's like we are going to be in your face and we're going to be ugly and unpleasant, uh, but something about that captivates me. <laughs> Uh, I just it, it's I like, real. I, uh, yeah, well, this I, is real cannibalism uh, for you. Yeah, <laughs> I just I like when a movie can 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 pull me in in a way that I'm like I'm on like the whole way through this movie I was uncomfortable and it's it's honestly at this point in my life it's it's rare that that happens where I'm like I'm kind of disgusted and uncomfortable but I can't not watch this. What's going to happen next? Like where are they going with this movie? And uh, when a movie gets that response from me and it's that well made, then it gets top spot. So, and this is honestly, I'm, I'm going to say this. I there's a good chance this is going to be on my top ten of the year, uh, separated from the roulette. As Didn't well. you say it came out 2016? It ah, shoot, it did, but uh, that may have been when it was made. I didn't think it got a theatrical release until 2017. Okay. Um, yeah, limited release March 2017. So I would consider that oh, to there be you go. yeah. Uh, but yep, that movie gets a big thumbs up. But it is not for everyone. I can assure you of that. Almost nothing is, and if it is, it's usually boring. Yep. Um, but speaking to the what you were saying about things making you uncomfortable and you like that, because season four of this is relevant, because we're going to be moving into recently watched from here, so there you go. Uh, the, season four of Black Mirror dropped, and I've noticed something now. I've, I've learned something with that show. I can't... I, that show makes me more uncomfortable than 99% of the horror movies I watch. Like, the, the whole thing just makes me anxious. Every time I'm watching an episode, I'm almost like pacing in my office, like with sweaty hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why. It just, it makes me, I feel like crap. I've only watched two episodes, by the way. Uh, you, I know you watched a lot more. We're I not watched gonna them all, break, yeah. We're not going to break down Black Mirror tonight, because uh, we have bigger fish to fry. But yeah. I watched the first one, which 
we both loved. Oh yeah. And then I watched the second one, and I haven't come come back. Even though I've heard from trusted sources that that is the worst one of the season, that's what some of my friends are saying online that I trust. And I'm like, oh, thank God, because that one, I, I, Archangel, I was just, yeah. oh, uh, oh, wait till you watch Crocodile, sir. Just wait. <laughs> uh, from what I've heard, Archangels, the, from people I trust, that that was their least favorite of the season. I'm like, good. That means I have a reason to keep watching. But I'm just savoring it right now. Okay, let's get into Recently Watched, and we're probably only going to talk about two movies this week on Recently Watched, and it is going to be full-on spoilers. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, spoilers, you've been warned. We are going to be talking about Mother... And we are going to be talking about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. If we have time for more, we'll do more. Yeah. Uh, I would like to start off talking about Mother, because then we can talk about a Star Wars movie and it'll be happy. Yes, uh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, on, on the way out the door. Um, but first up, I, I have a, like almost a full page of notes for these two movies, because I was writing down stuff like, I don't want to forget to bring this up or talk about this. Uh so I know it's my week to go first, but I, since Mother is kind of your movie, I would like you to go first to talk about talk about Mother after I'm done screaming at my kids for the fifth freaking time of the evening. <laughs> movie freaks! Uh, just <laughs> hang on. All right. <laughs> Boys! Movie freaks! <laughs> oh, this is going to be an episode. This is going to be one. Carry on. Okay. Sister should be home soon, so she can run interference for me. Okay. Um, mother. Okay. Um, so, where do I start? Wait, one last time. Spoiler, spoiler. Oh, yes. We are talking about everything spoiler. Yep, agreed. So, if you have not seen Mother or The Last Jedi, get get out. Yeah, especially uh, Mother. I mean, Last Jedi, too, but Mother, uh, if you... I, I didn't know going in what, I, what to expect, and... What I got was something totally different than the trailer. So if yeah. if you want to yeah. be surprised, uh, you might want to fast forward because you won't be surprised after this. Yeah, and well, here's the other thing: if you might want to stay in, is I am questioning whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing that you didn't know what was going on the first round because the watching it the first time, when we get to the end and I finally have an idea of what's going on. I wasn't a fan of the movie, and then the more I thought about it three days later, I was like, that was really good, and I liked it. I, I'm just questioning, if I had known going in that this is what I was dealing mm-hmm. with, would I have liked it more the first round? But I don't know. So, maybe you do want to listen to the spoilers before Mother. Yeah. I don't know. Just be warned that that's what we're doing. So, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so the the trailer is uh, very horror-esque. If, you, if any of you have seen the trailer for this movie that did not do well for Paramount, uh, it sells it as a pretty much straight-on... Rosemary's Baby horror movie type thing, kind of is kind of what I got the tra- off of the trailer. I, I got kind of a culty thing yes. going on, but Rosemary's Baby is a good yeah. depiction. Yeah, uh, but leave it to Darren Aronofsky to completely throw me for a loop, as he's done with virtually every movie that he's made is just different, and this is his most polarized and different one, in my opinion. This thing is nuts, um, and I love it. I. I don't want to say where this is going to go in my top 10, but suffice to say, this is going to be on my top 10 of the year because of, like, like I said, too. yeah, like I said with, with Raw, it's very unique. I've never seen anything like this. And especially the uncomfortableness 
of this movie, even more so than Raw. This movie is just from start to finish. And I know one of the complaints that you had about the movie is actually one of the things that I adored about the movie is uh, our lead actress, Jennifer Lawrence. She's living in this big house with uh, Javier Bardem. They're a married couple. And uh, the camera follows her throughout most of the movie, and it follows her almost too close. And it's almost like a handheld type of experience. The movie shot in 16 millimeter, so it has a very filmic look, which I, of course, love. But I really liked that. To be fair, I made that complaint in a text message to you in the first third of the movie. Okay. It it eased... I don't want to say it eased up as it went along, but he backed off the shaky a little bit. Like I was almost getting a little nauseous because it yeah. was so shaky for the, for the first yeah. half. And I, I feel like it evened out a little bit as it went. Yeah. Well, so the movie, here's how I Sorry. take this movie. Uh, no, no, it's um, this couple that are living somewhat kind of happily. Javier Bardem is a writer and he's got writer's block and she is this loving, loving woman uh, by the way, neither of these characters have an actual name other than him and her. And uh, this house is in the middle of nowhere. We're talking no driveway, no nothing. It's just this really big, uh, sprawling house in the middle of nowhere. Um, uh, one day, uh, Ed Harris... A woodsy nowhere. Huh? A woodsy a nowhere. A woodsy nowhere, yes. Like a, a nice, gentle grass, surrounded by grass and woods. Green. Yes, green. yes. Ed Harris shows up, and uh, he is a huge, huge fan, um, and he's also dying. He's got a smoking habit, and uh, he's dying, so Javier Bardem lets him in, and I'm just going to quick go through the synopsis here real quick. Um, Dude, go for it. Uh, so Lawrence's character does not like this at all. Uh, it seems to invigorate uh, Javier Bardem's character. He's All of a sudden, he's very friendly. Uh, to Ed Harris's character versus how he had been treating Jennifer Lawrence, who he was kind of standoffish with. Um, as soon as Ed Harris shows up, uh, so does Michelle Pfeiffer. And uh, this, would, this would be Ed Harris's wife in the movie. Uh, she is uh, very obnoxious and kind of... She's a bitch. She, she is a straight-up bitch and very conniving. Uh, there is a... There's a crystal type thing, which is a family heirloom that Javier Bardem has in his in his office that plays into the movie later. But basically, these two characters have two two sons. They show up and they start fighting. And here's where all hell goes. All hell breaks loose. And this perfect little home that uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character lives in is now shattered. And um, it goes from bad. All hell breaks loose. Part one. Part one. Yes. <laughs> She finally gets them all out of the house, and this is after one of the sons is killed by the other son. Finally gets them out of the house. Um, and I'm glossing over some of the more some of the more uh, intricate details. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's like the the sons show up and they're fighting over inheritance. One son kills the other, and then uh, Javier Bardem rushes off with them to the hospital because he's kind of friends with them now. And then within by evening time, they're having a wake at their house. Yes. So it's very, what the hell is going, yes. like no sane person would do, like this is all insane. Yeah. From her perspective and our, the audience perspective, you're all sitting there going, what the fuck am I looking at? Like yeah. nobody would act this way. Yeah. The, either the grieving parents or 
my husband character, none of nobody, everybody's acting nuts. Yeah. It's just me. She's the only one that is remotely normal until you see kind of what's going on in the movie. But like you said, yeah, this party that shows up, like it turns from awake to a straight up party to where a chaos, a rave. chaos, yeah. And uh, she finally gets rid of everybody. They were destroying her house. Finally gets rid of everybody. Um, they have some mad sex that night because literally <laughs> like angry sex and she gets pregnant. And many months later, after he's gotten his writing groove back, he has now written the ultimate book, which brings a whole new flock of followers to their doorstep one day, one day that leads into night. Uh, and here's where the first quote unquote party gets nuts. The second party gets chaotic. Oh, well, how do I say that? Apocalyptic, actually. Like, yeah, it, it's it's beyond any kind of lunacy you could possibly comprehend or expect. Yes. It's like we're talking machine guns, people jumping through windows. It is The, the military shows up to the house and they start bombing and yes. there are people dying left and right and hostages. And Kristen Wiig shows up. She's she's uh, Harvey Arabardem's publicist and she just starts straight up murdering people. Um, so anyway, uh, it all accumulates to... Lawrence's character gives birth to a baby boy. Uh, Javier Bardem wants to take the baby boy and show all of his legions of fans that are barricaded outside of their office door. Uh, he wants to show this baby to them. And um, by the way, to back up just a little bit, this whole crystal thing that Javier Bardem had in his office was broken by the uh, wife of Ed Harris. Yes. And um, which... That kind of it was the only thing that had survived the house fire. That's why it was so precious. Yes. To yeah. So uh, she finally falls asleep because she she can't stay awake. He gets the baby, and as you can expect in the movie, this crazy. Uh, immediately they take the baby because this baby is a divine entity because of the writing because of this master writer. And immediately the baby gets killed, snaps the neck, or whatever. And then they start eating the baby because. The baby is a part of this wonderful writer. Jeez. Um, oh, uh, from there... That's where the movie lost me. On the first watch, that's where I was like, fuck this movie. <laughs> As a parent, I was like, I can't... That was intolerable. And I know... Okay, I'm get, I don't want to get ahead. Finish, finish so, out the synopsis. So then, so then uh, Lawrence... Uh, oh man, it's starting to be hazy as far as that crazy ending goes. But it, she sacrifices herself, is burned alive, and Javier Bardem she blows up the house. Yes, she like she is like so angry about losing her child that she goes down the basement, cracks the oil thing, and blows up the house. Yes. Kills everybody. Yep. And um, Javier Bardem goes over and pulls her heart out, and which creates the crystal. Right, another crystal. Uh. Well, it kills everybody in the house except for him and her. And she's burned up. She's in bad shape, but she's not dead. Yeah. And so he's carrying her, uh, and he's untouched. He's unfazed. Yeah. And he, he says, no, I'm sorry. We're just going to, I understand why you did what you did. I was just trying to love my fans and my people. And uh, yes, it all started with your love. And I'm. that's the only thing that, you have to give me, and I know that you'll give it to me again. And then he takes out her, or she gives him her heart, which turns out to be the crystal yeah. from the beginning of the movie. And the fire, quote unquote, was the apocalypse reset of the beginning of the movie, 
So therefore, we finally figure out what is going on here is... Go ahead. You could, you, you go ahead. I'll, I'll. <laughs> uh, basically, what this all comes down to is this is, to me, this is how I interpret it, is this is basically the Bible, uh, which is the creation of man, heaven. Uh, God creates the heavens and the earth, and earth happens to be Jennifer Lawrence. She is Mother Earth, and he is the creator. Um, yep. Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer are Adam and Eve. And their sons are Cain and Abel. And uh, there's a huge flood, which wipes out all of them and their... The, there's broken pipes. In, there's some broken pipes. Yeah. In the first All Hell Breaks Loose Part 1, um, and, you know, we said they were throwing a rave and her house was getting destroyed. We don't mean like her house was getting destroy, destroyed like it was a rave. We mean like people were ripping light fixtures off the wall. Yes. And ripping pipes out of the wall. and. Yeah like axing the walls and, and she's running around going, why? Because we want to prove that we were here. Or maybe that was part two. Uh, at any rate, it's it not normal party destruction. Yeah. Like just insane. awful humanity. And she yeah. wipes out awful humanity. Then it's humanity's gone. Uh, God and mother earth, they come together again. We and can now, yeah. now baby Jesus. And we all know how that goes. And the book that he writes that is so wonderful and awesome, I took that as the Bible. The New Testament. The New Testament, yes, correct. Because he had written something before, which was the Old Testament, yep. that brought forth his... It, once we started breaking this down in text, it all kind of came, clicked together for me. Yeah. Like, it all sort of... And, and the breaking the pipes being the Great Flood... I, I thought I that was great. That. That was brilliant. <laughs> I get that. That's a great metaphor for that yeah. in this weird little setting that we have. Yeah. And I really liked... I, I know that the, the whole baby killing scene was, that was harsh, harsh stuff. But in the context of how this movie plays out as almost more of a parable, I'm like, okay, I get it. I, and they're, then they're eating the, the child. I'm like, that's, that's communion. They're taking communion right now. It's, yeah. And so having seen it that way, it's not as horrible. And I feel bad even saying that, but it's still just in context of the movie itself. The movie is so off putting. <laughs> I, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Be quiet! This episode... They, can't, they just can't not scream. <laughs> so, Hey! And, be quiet! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I loved this movie. I loved everything about this movie. I loved the uniqueness of it, the score. It, it's not before, a scary Wait, wait, wait. Before we get to closing thoughts, yeah. I want to... Uh, you were... The baby where it lost me with the baby killing. Yes. Yes, it lost me the first time I was w watching it, and I'm like, "This is so beyond horrific." And over that that snap when the oh, neck goes, oh, it's so hardcore. Oh. I'm like, "My God, I hate this!" Like, this whole movie has been making me feel anxious and claustrophobic. Yep. And my wife walked in at some point. What are you watching? And I was like, "Anxiety, the movie." <laughs> that's because that's what it is um, for a parent, uh, but. The whole baby thing is where I really jumped ship, and then once it's all over and I understand more of what's going on, and I had a few days to digest it, ugh, awful choice of words. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I understand why he chose to do it that way, because if he had gone more literal as far as like they crucified the baby or they sacrificed him or, uh -huh, or yeah, yeah. like hung him on a, hung him on a cross or something. Then you'll be like, okay, I know what they're doing. I get it. It's horrific. But doing it that way, you didn't have time to make a connection with the baby. 
really. Yeah. It was there for seconds, five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then that, that happened. He made it so horrible and literal that you're so repulsed and disgusted because that's the way we're supposed to feel about if you believe this kind of stuff, yes. that's the way you're supposed to feel about the death of Christ. Like, it's supposed to be that horrific and terrible. That's how you're supposed to feel in the passion of the Christ. Yes. But he didn't have two hours to spend on torturing and crucifying. Yeah. He had two minutes. And he made me feel way worse than Mel Gibson did in less than two minutes. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, It was horrific. I, I stunned Stunned, and by that point, I had figured I'd be like, okay, I kind of see where this is going, but good lord, that was so hard. And you hate the people; you hate every single person that's at this, you know, in their house, and so that makes it all the worse. Uh, not that I can't believe how many metaphors for for humanity he crammed into that entire second part chaos. Yeah, it was like people were enslaving people and holding them in cages and like Nazi shit and all in the matter of seconds. Yeah. She goes room to room and sees all this shit. It just does not let up. Yeah. And uh, and God. I think that Kristen Wiig, I, I really appreciate the casting choice of Kristen Wiig uh, kind of playing against character. Uh, she It was almost like even her character, like seeing her in the movie, I'm like, this is off-putting. Like, this is odd that now... Kristen Wiggs in this. And then to me, her character turned out to, this is just my interpretation, but I felt that she, uh, she was Satan, that her she, character I, I, was I Satan. I totally agree. I totally agree. You, you, every little thing that I was like, who was this? Or what was that? You had an answer for, I think you were doing research on the internet. Some of it I was, because I'm like, this, because <laughs> I kind of came up with my own synopsis of what it was. And then a lot of what I, what I was thinking I re- I'm like, ah, that's what I was thinking it was. But uh, yeah. especially her character, I'm like, I think that her character, uh, kind of God's right-hand right hand angel who very quickly falls from grace and starts murdering and lying and all that stuff. And that's basically what she does in the movie. And I'm like, well, that's – I'm assuming that that's, that's Lucifer right there. But you're right. Oh, yeah. You know, we, God's publicist. Yeah. But you're right. <laughs> We've got all sorts of humanity that – is talked about kind of in the Bible and it's all there. And it's even for a two hour movie, uh, there is so much crammed in here, but it's all relevant. I think to what you're, what you're watching. Uh, but then yeah. at the very end, God starts all over again. And now we're back to, we're back to the mother. burned out house. And the only thing that survived is the crystal. And here we go again. Yep. It also, the, the, another thing that was really frustrating along the way was why is, why is Javier Bardem's character, so like negligent. Why is he not paying attention to her? Why is he paying so much attention to the fans and the whatever? Yeah. And then you realize, well, he's trying. It's God trying to care for his children, and even though they're awful to his earth, yeah. <laughs> it takes on an entirely different meaning once the movie is over. Once it's over, and I understand what's going on, or I have an idea about it, and realize I'm not watching a normal movie with a man and a woman, yeah. human, just having a shit relationship. That, that's what was so frustrating along the way. I will watch that movie with entirely different eyes the next time I watch it. Yeah. And I will watch it again. Um, we got to move on to The Last Jedi because yeah. I have so much to talk about there. Last thing I wanted to add yeah. real quick is if the religion aspect of it puts you off or it might dissuade you from watching the movie, um, then you haven't been watching Darren Aronofsky movies because he does this a lot. The mm. Fountain. Oh, um, yeah. Pi, even Pi, his first movie, which is still my favorite movie from him, is very deep uh, with 
um, not necessarily religion, but it does, well, it does have a big thread of religion in it, but it also deals with the origin of man and, you know, what, why are we here? Why do we exist? A lot of his movies really deal with that kind of stuff. That's why I get annoyed with movies like The Wrestler. I'm like, let anybody else direct that movie, please, because anybody else can. I would. I want Darren to make Darren movies, because yeah. I like Darren movies. Darren movies are fucked up. Black Swan <laughs> was a little bit more, like, Black Swan and The Wrestler, a bit similar, I think, but Black Swan was very much more a Darren Aronofsky movie, I think. I agree, but not everybody can make Black Swan. Darren can make Black Swan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and my closing thoughts on Mother are, I also want to touch on the acting in this. Uh, I'm not the hugest Jennifer Lawrence fan, but... I can't think of anybody else in that role. She was so good. This is probably the best role I have ever seen her in. She was really good. And Javier Bardem, in hindsight, I'm like, you know, most of the movie, I'm like, you're kind of an asshole. And why, like you said, why are you not catering towards your wife? And now you're a pregnant wife. Well, it makes sense in the context of things. But he was very much a... I don't know. He was perfectly cast. I loved that he was who he was in the movie. And it worked... It worked beautifully but the acting was spot on and the balls of paramount to green light this and release it wide i am impressed because this is not mainstream this is far from mainstream stuff here but uh it didn't do good but which is sad but i love the movie i absolutely love the movie i can't wait to watch it again uh i'm sure sometime this year the acting was phenomenal and while along the way, uh, as a man, I wanted to punch Javier Bardem in the face mm-hmm. and the throat and the balls. I'm like, you're an idiot and I hate you. Uh, like I said before when we started this review, would it be better if you knew what we were do- dealing with along the way? He he knows everything. He's the only character that knows everything, knows what's going on. He holds all of the keys. and But we don't know that till the end. We, we don't understand that until the end. And then we get there and it's like, okay, now I understand why you were acting the way you were acting and I don't hate you anymore. You're just, you, you got a lot on your plate. Yeah. That's the best way you can kind of put it. So and good. I'm, tr- I'm trying desperately to convince myself to somehow convince my mom to watch this movie, but Ooh. it's just too hardcore. It's just way too yeah. damn hardcore. And it's not a horror movie. I think we can both agree. Like, I don't consider this movie a horror movie. I- no, this, this is anxiety. The movie mm-hmm. you are, I was anxious. Just frustrated and anxious for most of the movie until I got to the end and kind of dissect all of the things that came before it. But it, it would, for most of the movie, it's like, why is everybody acting this way? It's Jennifer Lawrence in a living nightmare mm-hmm. of, of just, of not really horror, just bothersome. Yes. Bother- until you get, yeah. Thank- until you get to that second act where, or the, the third act where all hell breaks loose, the second time all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to The Last Jedi. Okay. That's that's it for that movie. I still have no fucking clue what I'm going to rate that movie. I, I don't know, because I, I'm... It's... Uh, kudos to Aronofsky. Clap, clap. That, that That is a true gem of cinema, and I will give it props for being a unique vision that you do not see every day. Nope. Holy crap. Nope. And I love when a movie like that can get me, because it is... I, I'm sure for you too. It's it's rare when we're getting older, and we've seen a lot of movies. And so when something like this comes along, I really take note that you got me. You you got me on that one. I really like that. I agree. Okay, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. 
Now, here is a de another divisive film, but this is a weirdly divisive film because usually the audience loves Star Wars movies and the critics are like, meh, or at least of the last, uh, or the prequels and, and the last, uh, what was it, um, the prequel to episode four, they're like, eh, where the masses love it and the critics are kind of meh. This movie, the critics love it and the masses are kind of split. And I'm very curious to see how it, uh, the aftertaste of it has lasted with you. For me, I'm going to break it down the way that you did with Mother. Okay. Uh, we're just going to go through this thing and just ugh, scene for scene. Okay. Right off the bat, the first thing that really, I, I the trailer, I love, I loved all the trailers, but I thought that they were probably intentionally deceiving and they were, uh, Ray is not going to the dark side. Give me a break. That is silly. Even though the trailers painted it that way, that's not going to happen. And vice versa with Kylo Ren, he's not coming to the light. He killed his, he killed Han Solo. You don't get to come back to the light, son. And I'm very happy to report that I was right, and the trailers were deceiving, and that is that. <laughs> Thank yeah. God, because that would have been hard for me to swallow. I uh, early on we have a the rebellion is under attack. The rebels are under attack, and we get the still holding for Hux. That shit made me laugh, and holy shit, did it make me laugh! I, I've enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm totally fine with that. Comic relief or com comedic moments in a Star Wars movie—that's not unheard of. We've had that in all of the movies. Hang on, I'm gonna say shit like that a lot during this review. Um, Poe's story mm. could have been more exciting, but I've also never seen bickering in the ranks of the rebellion or a failed mission. And this goes to a lot of people complain. I'm, I'm basically going to be addressing all the complaints about this movie. Uh, the, the, the mission to the gambling planet. Oh to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are saying that was entire, uh, that was entirely a waste of time. And I mean, yes, it was a waste of time, but it's just because the mission failed. Poe was demoted and should have stayed in his lane. He did not. He went out of his lane. He didn't know what was going on and tried to do something to help. Yeah, the mission failed and it should have failed because not every fucking mission has to succeed. Every single time we, we see these rebels doing stuff, they succeed. Okay. So we have one that doesn't succeed. I've never seen that before. So I, I'm okay with that. It also sets up future movies with the, uh, the future of the Rebellion with the little kids that were enslaved on the casino planet. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yes. I have no problem with that. that I didn't have any problem with that. Okay, uh, next note. Uh, Leia. That scene with Leia. She gets blasted out of the ship, and everybody thinks that, oh, you know, oh no, is, is this what we're doing? Is this where we're going to end Carrie Fisher? Because she passed away in real life. I am so thankful that they did not, because she had powerful moments later in the film. Uh, a lot of people had problem with her using the Force to bring herself back into the ship. I did not have a problem with it at all. I don't know why that's a problem. Uh, a lot of people said, oh, space flying Leia. No, she wasn't flying. She was using the Force to pull herself back to the ship. I don't know why that's so hard to get your head around. I feel like... Luke would have started training her, at least giving her tidbits, because she had the Force as well. We learned that as early as Empire Strikes Back, when she decided to turn the Falcon around and go pick him up. 
when he was hanging off of the Cloud yeah. City. Why is that so weird to think that fucking 30 years later, she might have a couple of more force powers? And and all the power she would need for that is the same, similar to being able to pull a lightsaber to you. Just pull herself back to the ship. Or, as the missile hits, she can make a force bubble around herself to have air to survive being in outer space for whatever she was in space for. A minute? But no one else did that in any of the Star Wars movies. That, oh, I, again, I've talked about it before, where every couple of years we get to one of these temple movies where all of a sudden the masses are like, wait a minute, what about physics? Why, she she can't survive in space. Hey, nerds, there's not explosions in space either. Lightsabers <laughs> aren't real either. Um, you've been fine with that for nine fucking movies, but now all of a sudden it's a deal breaker that she yeah. survives in space for 90 seconds. I, like, like, this isn't how J.J. Abrams set things up, even though we bitched about J.J. Abrams' movie. The complaints fucking piss me off. They really do. They're like, well, what, oh, let me, what's next on my list? Because, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, again, the casino planet. The real point was to show the profiteers of war and the future of the rebellion. That was another thing that we have never seen before in a Star Wars movie, is the profiteers of the war. Who is supplying the X-Wings? We all just randomly assume that they build them themselves? Who is supplying the TIE Fighters? Uh, obviously, these kinds of... I've never seen the behind-the-scenes of the war. Yeah. Lucas did a little bit with the taxation of trade routes and bullshit and Phantom Menace. Boring. Uh, but here, it was interesting and relevant and prevalent to the story. I didn't have a problem with that. It, it, it is the, the whole point of that casino planet derail is to change um, Finn's attitude between I have to save Ray into I am part of the rebellion. Because after that, how, where does his art go? After dealing with all that casino bullshit. Oh, he, he was ready back, to give his life. He was ready to give his life. And he was stopped. And he was, it was a good thing that he was stopped because that would have been a small gesture. But it, that's just the, the up and down roller coaster emotional effect that is Finn. He's all over the place. So it had a point. Okay, next point. Uh, Luke. Let's talk about Luke. The number one complaint I hear is Luke wouldn't have done that. Luke wouldn't have done that. That's not my Luke. Luke wouldn't have done that. Luke wouldn't have done what? Name one thing in that movie that was not done by a Jedi beforehand. One. Luke would not have run away after a a student of his turned to the dark side. What? You mean like Obi-Wan Kenobi, who after his student turned to the dark side, ran to a fucking desert planet and hid out under an assumed name forever? How about Yoda, who's... Oh, I couldn't pick up that the Emperor was the bad guy. He was the dark side, the leader of the dark side. Couldn't pick up on that. I guess I'll go to Dagobah and hang out in a swamp for 20 fucking years. That's never happened before. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, but then, but what about the map, though? He, there was a map there. Oh, oh whatever. Yeah. I, I loved, I loved that Ryan Johnson, I don't, I, I don't want to say he was crapping on J.J. Abrams' vision, but I love that he answered all of the things that annoyed me about Force Awakens. I like Force Awakens. It's a good movie. I dig it. But I feel like too often... It asked a lot of questions and never gave you a fucking answer. Give me an answer on some of this shit. I don't care about Ray's parents. 
I hope I've said it before on the show many times. I hope they're nobody. I don't want her. I don't want her to be a Skywalker. I don't want her to be involved in that. Just make her be a nobody. And yeah. they did. I, now, whether or not it's true, we don't know yet. Yeah. Um, Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren smashing his mask. I thought that was really cool that they right away was like, nope, no more mask. That's no, we're done. Even before that, Luke, here's your lightsaber. And he's like, fuck it over the cliff. It changes a little bit the way I look at the end of Force Awakens, because I'm like, oh, in two seconds, he's just about to chuck it over the cliff and it doesn't (laughs) matter. Uh, But (laughs) uh, so it takes it steals a little bit of the dramatic moment that closes out the Force Awakens. But I'm fine with all of that. Luke would never shut himself off from the Force. All those other people did. I I just. (sighs) okay. uh, what else with Luke? I want to wrap up the Luke storyline, because that's the way this movie. There's so much going on in this movie that you almost needed to tackle it storyline by storyline. Yeah. Um, the ending with Luke. A lot of people are bitching, why didn't he just get in his X-Wing and go? Why didn't he just go to the planet? Here is my opinion on that. Uh, because he would have walked out of the cave, and all of the giant gorilla at-at things would have shot him to death. As we yeah. saw in the fucking movie. Um, they tried to do that. And everybody's like, well, yeah, wouldn't it be cool if he was deflecting the bolts back? And wouldn't it be cool if he just used the force to crash them down? Yes, that all would have been cool. Okay? They went a different direction. And that's fine. By the time it was, uh, like Mother, in a weird way, it's connected. Because by the time this was movie was all over and I had time to reflect on it, I prefer what they did to what I wanted. I wanted Luke to walk out there and do all that shit. But then he would have had to face Kylo, and then Kylo would have had the pleasure of killing him. It didn't go that way. He force-projected himself to the planet. He did the shoulder dust-off, that w- which is one of the, the best moments in all of Star Wars. <laughs> and then he faced Kylo. Force-projection. Faked it. And then Kylo doesn't even get the fucking pleasure of killing him. He let himself go to the Force, the same way Obi-Wan kind of did. But he knew Kylo would take too much pleasure in that. Or maybe he couldn't even leave because the, the X-Wing was submerged for 20 years. Or however long. You know, yeah. We don't know. Uh, so either way, he denied Kylo the privilege. And I think that was very powerful because I don't want Kylo to have that privilege. He's a whiny little brat. Screw that. Luke made his own choice. And I approve of that wholeheartedly. I... I love this movie so much, Eugene. Oh my God. <laughs> I love this movie so much more than I thought I ever would walking out of it. Um, what else with Luke? There was something else with Luke. Uh, Yoda. Okay, the moment with Yoda. I uh, Maybe this is a stupid thing and it's very obvious, but I want to applaud Ryan Johnson for it being the, the snarky, shitty little asshole Return of the Jedi Yoda, which is what it should be. That was the last Yoda... Uh, in sequence, okay? Yeah. The last Yoda we saw, prequels Yoda, was very wise and calm and humble, but the sequential last Yoda was a little bitch sitting on that planet and giving him crap, and I loved that Yoda, and I'm glad that the Yoda they brought back was that Yoda. Obviously, it makes sense to do that, but uh, it just was very happy that he didn't... He could have made it the wise old Yoda again, and it would have made sense, but he didn't do that. He made it the one that, ah, young Skywalker. Still busting his balls. I love it, man. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, another moment in the movie that almost made me cry with Luke. Um, 
after his confrontation with Kylo, the last thing he sends, says to him, see you around, kid. And it's like, that's what Han said to Luke when he was packing up his shit and leaving in New Hope. See you around, kid. Hmm. And, man, oh, choking me up. Star Wars <laughs> nerd losing his shit. Uh, okay, let me get through my notes here. I know I'm taking way too long just blabbering, blabbing on about this shit, but I've been waiting like two weeks to talk to you about this. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, um, Kylo Ren and Snoke, that whole scene. Yes, I was curious what you what your thought was on that. A lot of people complaining about that as well. How can Snoke see into his mind and, and control him, but he can't tell he's moving the lightsaber to kill him? Um, Snoke was making fun of him to his face, and that does not go well when you are talking to Kylo Ren. Uh, he manipulated Kylo with connecting him to Rey because he knew Kylo would be an emo whiny bitch and bring about this whole thing. So he was the mastermind behind that. So when Kylo finds out about that, it's not hard for me to believe that he can take him down, or that, or that one, that he would want to take him down, or two, that he could. Because for everybody that's complaining, why didn't he see, know the lightsaber was turning if he's so powerful? If Snoke's so powerful, how could he kill him that way? How did Vader kill the Emperor? By, yeah, by throwing him I, he down fucking into... He picked him up and chucked him. Yeah. I, if... <laughs> You know, like, we've see, had precedent for this before. This has happened before. These Sith people think that they are omniscient, or that they know everything, or that they are cannot be fooled or tricked or nothing. Uh, yeah, you can. I just don't understand why now it's a deal-breaker when we've seen it before and it's okay. Well, I think that the thing with that, with, with, with Snoke, is, oh, you built him up to, you know, he was going to be the big emperor in this, and then you just, he was just a throwaway character, uh, that was the takeaway I got from the I mean, the, fair the enough, on. but we've seen that before. And it's the same with the people that want Luke to be this happy, great, good guy who would never kill his nephew, who uh, should just be training younglings. We've seen that shit before. Why? Do I, so now we don't have to see it again. I'm fine with that. And the people that say that, Kyle, or that uh, Luke would never kill his nephew... He went dark side for like 30 seconds in Return of the Jedi against his own father. The second that he mentioned his sister, that lightsaber went on and he went rage quit. Like, yeah. he was like, I am done with you. It's happened before. And as he says in the movie, it was a fleeting moment. It passed and I immediately felt regret. It was a one second thing. So I've also had people complain, well, he would go talk to Han and Leia about that before he would kill their child. Why in the hell would he ever talk to, hey guys, how's it going? Can I set up like a nine o'clock with you? Cool. By the way, no big deal. Just want to talk about killing your kid. Not, what? Are we good? Are we good? Cool. See you at nine? Uh, yeah. You bring the bagels. I'll bring the coffee. Yeah. Give me a break. Um, uh, anyway, back to Kylo killing Snoke. That also sets up Kylo for being the bad guy for nine, right? Yeah. The big bad. We have not seen that before. We have not... Like, Darth Vader was not the big bad. Even though everybody was super terrified of him, the Emperor was always just kind of in the background. Until mm -hmm. Return of the Jedi. He was... He wasn't super involved, you know? And now we're not doing that. We're doing a different thing. Which is, Kylo is the big bad, and it's a Skywalker. More or less. Yeah. It's a Solo, but it's a Skywalker. 
Yeah. And I'm wondering how many years, if there will be years that pass in between Last Jedi and the next one, or if it's going to be an immediate, like, or very quick takeoff of Jedi. Like, will will Kylo Ren have become more more powerful and not as much as, I, I hate to say brat, but, you know, kind of like his temper tantrums. Like, is he going to become more of a emperor type to where he's able to... You know, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I think that even in this movie, he was far less emo than in the first. Movie. Oh, very much so. Yes. So I think he's definitely taking control of his situation and being more of the evil person that he wants to be. Yeah, I, I thought that that whole scene, I was like, where is this going? And I've also had people complain. Um, why were the emperor's guards able to kind of hold their own with those guys? I also had the complaint. Where are the Knights of Ren? I'm assuming that that's them, maybe? That's what I think. You asked me that, somebody else asked me that, and I said, what are you talking about? Because it just, one of those questions that I didn't even think of. But yeah, I it, in this one they were very clear that he left with a group of people that intended to join Snoke. That has to be them. I know the internet has all kinds of theories and whatnot, but if that's a plot hole we're going to talk about, I'm assuming that's them. And they're Force users, they're just not as strong as... Kylo. Kylo, yeah. Which would make sense why they were able to hold their own and whatever. Uh, lastly, one of my friends online said, and it's fine if you guys all hate this movie. That's I'm not expecting everybody to love it. It's a different kind of movie. It just totally worked for me. But he labeled it an over-serious war movie that's too jokey and stuffed with characters to sell toys. And my response to him that did not get an answer was, Name a Star Wars movie that does not fit that description. <laughs> An over-serious war movie that's jokey and stuffed with characters to sell toys. I, yeah. I just don't understand. I mean, every one of those movies, is it's all fates and destinies and walking carpets and poop jokes. That's every one of them. They all have that shit in there. I don't know why with this one it's like, nope. That's not my Luke. I, too bad. I, it is your Luke. I, <laughs> okay, I'm done ranting. I've ranted for like 20 minutes on this fucking movie. What well, so you, I was curious. Do you have do you have any uh, complaints about the movie at all, or like is this like to you? Where does this fall in the pantheon of other Star Wars movies? It's hard for me to rate it. I, it's better than the prequels. Yeah. It's hard for me to rate anything with the old trilogy because like they're they're all, I kind of think of them as one movie because it's like a, such a great three picture arc. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I all I can say is that I love it and I will grade it like a nine right now. Uh, the more I thought about it, the better it gets. It seems like with other of my friends, the more they think about it, the worse it gets, and the more they hate it. But the more I talk with them, it feels like they're problems with it are just because they wanted the characters to do this and they didn't. They took them in mm -hmm. a different direction. And I, I don't, I mean, fair enough. If you don't like it, that's fine. But I don't feel like you get to really shit on it just because you wanted something else. I, that's weird to me. So, sorry. You got what you got. Yeah. If they don't like it, that's fine. It's, what, what am I going to do? I don't care. I love it. So, and it's made a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that, I, I do appreciate that they didn't while while Abrams kind of went New Hope route, I feel that uh, this or actually New Hope with a bit of honestly with a bit of Return of the Jedi, I I don't think that this one went a whole lot Empire Strikes Back. 
To me, it di- at least it didn't. I mean, it is the Empire Strikes Back because the Empire almost wipes out the entire rebellion in this movie. They yeah, barely I don't know why escape. It, just, it, it didn't for some. Maybe it was the jokes because uh, Empire is not that jokey. Um, but I don't know why. It just this one. This one felt less Empire it's kinda, than. It's still fairly jokey though. Empire? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's got its very serious beats, but it's it, they still put enough jokes in there. Yeah, I thought they smelled bad. On the <sighs> outside. <laughs> Come on, Goldenrod, you're going to become a permanent resident. You know, like, Han Solo brought all that shit, and it didn't come from the normal avenues, but... It still was still waiting for Hux, holding for Hux. Like, that shit makes me laugh. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. And uh, people were saying, oh, Poe didn't have enough to do. Well, I'm sorry that you didn't get Poe flying around shooting people for two hours. Yeah. That's, I, your expectations were different than what the movie... I, I, I don't know what to say to that. It's a different movie. I, I think there were a fair amount of critics of Empire Strikes Back when it came out. And I feel like down the road, eventually people will get over it. Then I laughed at everything that was supposed to be funny. The nipple milk, I didn't <laughs> care. That was funny. Chewy and the porgs, I, it's fun. I don't care. That's fine. <laughs> I, anyway. I I want. I need to rewatch it. It was a hair long for me, but I, again, I I need to watch it again in the comfort of my own home. The theater experience was fine. It was it was really good. But it was very different. It was not what I was expecting. And that's not a bad thing. I thought the movie was great. But I, on my initial thoughts were it was a bit long and it was a bit long with the, I want to say Camino and it's not Camino, but the, the gambling planet. Uh, and that's where it felt to drag the most. Having said that, I don't know how you could have taken that out and got to where you, where they wanted to go with that movie by taking out that stuff. So it's like, I, I get why it's in there. And the more I think about it, the more I'm with you, I do, I do like, that we do see that side of the galaxy where we did see some high end, you know, fancy stuff in the prequels, but this is like high end fancy after the galaxy has gone to shit after empire strikes back. You know, this is not, it's the war machine and it's a commentary on uh, political stuff today, which is what George Lucas was doing back in the day with the original trilogy. So that's not again, far removed from its predecessors. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with the very, very ending, which that that surprised me. I'm like, whoa, we're back here on this planet and we're back here with the, the little boy and he force grabs the, the broom or whatever. I'm like, and he's looking up like Luke did. And I'm like, okay, wow, they're doing this. This is not what I was expecting. Yep. I have no idea where we're going in nine and I can't wait to see it. I'm even more disappointed that JJ is back for nine though. Oh, really? But- yeah, I want Ryan. I want Ryan back. But you know what? If I have to take JJ's nine so that I get a whole trilogy of Ryan Johnson, I'll take it. And that's Yo, basically what we're looking at. It's a, it, it, There is talks of him doing a trilogy himself? Is that No, what? he signed on to do a trilogy. Is it going to be a, a, like a... I, like he's a, like showrunnering it. He's writing it, and I think he's getting directors to carry out his vision. But I don't think he's directing each one. Okay. Which, okay... Is it- is it going to be a continuation of this? Is there nope. it's like an offshoot? It's unrelated. I don't. Nobody knows what it is, and everybody was guessing Knights of the Old Republic, the Xbox games that are set like yeah, five thousand yeah. years before the original trilogy. But it, he said it's not going to be that. So I have no idea what it's going to be. But supposedly it's not going to be a sequel off of nine. It's hmm. something different. So I have no idea. But after this movie, I am very excited for that. I have no idea where they're going to go in nine, and that makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen? 
It's going to yeah. be, you know, not expected. So. I will say that too, uh, is I, truly, I don't know where they're going with this. And I, and, and I figured that I would know, uh, or at least have some idea, but I'm like, well, the, so the kid in the very end is, are, is he going to tie in somehow in the very end of the next one to set things up for 10, 11, or like the, the next, you know, the next trilogy? Or? I think they were just saying that the rebellion continues with the kid. Okay, because so most of the that... rebellion was taken out with the fastest, slowest chase that's ever happened in the galaxy. Uh, but yeah. I think that um, they're just saying they're out there. Remember, they sent the call out and the rings with the rebel yeah. symbol. They're out there, and that's the future of the rebellion. Much the way that Luke was in, in the you know the first yeah. movie. Yeah, that's the way I took it. But I can't uh, wait to watch it again. I'm, I'm not going to watch it in the theater. I'm going to wait until it's on Blu-ray uh, just to savor. Like these movies here, I like to savor them. Like some some movies I can watch several months later, but this one here, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until until early summer whenever it comes out, and then I'm going to buy the Blu-ray and and I can't wait. Um, I heard a couple other complaints I want to address real quick, and then we'll wrap up. Um, that uh, what's his name the. Oh, I can't remember his name. The spy character that betrays them. Oh, Benicio Del Toro. Yes. That his character was entirely wasted, totally useless, had no point whatsoever. Like, what are you talking about? Yes, he did. It was. I mean, all of that going to the casino planet gets them onto the, um, the ship, the enemy ship. Yeah. There was no reason they would have never gotten there otherwise. There's nothing that I can think of that would have got them there otherwise. So that was the whole point of them getting there. And then they get betrayed, you know, so they can escape and whatever. But, that, you know, they were betrayed very similarly to, um, oh, let me think here. Let me think. It's part two, Empire Strikes Back. I don't know, Lando fucking Calrissian. Oh, Lando! The same, same, same damn thing. Yeah, not quite as blatant as Del Toro's character, but it still happened. And they're still emulating those movies. The other thing I wanted to bring up is, uh, the, the, the silent moment. Oh, my favorite part of the movie. So powerful. So amazing. And guess what? You don't get that moment if they don't go to the casino planet. Oh, hmm. Yes, yeah, and I, I, like I said, I know why. Like I, you can't take that that scene out of the movie. It is so intertwined with everything else that happens from that point on. Um, I love that scene, man. You could hear a pin drop in my theater, which is rare for a movie theater experience. But I'm like, um, it is deathly quiet in this theater right now, and it's sold out, and it's the big screen. It was great, great. That was something I always wondered why we never saw that happen before in a movie where, you know, you have guys that are about to go down anyway. Why not just aim for the nearest Star Destroyer and hit the jump to light speed? Yeah. We never saw that before. It was this, it was the same feeling I had when uh, Liam Neeson took his lightsaber out in episode one and shoved it into a bulkhead and just <laughs> let the bitch melt. I was like, yes, yes, I've always... Wondered, why don't you do this? Now they're doing it. Uh, it was beautiful, and it had a build-up to make it the payoff worth it. Yeah. And again, you don't get that scene without the the trip to the casino planet and all that jazz, all that subplot. Yeah. So it, all of that had reason for existing. Anyway. Yeah, I, 
I, I can't wait to watch it again. There, I, I mean, everything that you've said, I, I think you like it more than I do, but I want to, which is kind of flip-flopped with Mother. I think I like Mother a bit more than you did. Uh, but I can't wait to watch this one again and uh, pick up on a lot of the things that I, cause, that I wasn't expecting the first time. I'm like, wow, this is... All right. Okay. This is different. <laughs> Another thing I'm looking forward to, looking for in the, uh, the second watch of Last Jedi is when Luke is fighting Kylo, fighting in quotes, he swirls around all weirdy a couple of times. That's so that his feet never hit the white. They only hit the red. Because oh. there's salt covering everything, so that's where your feet, your, your feet move the salt to get to the red underneath. That's what I heard online, anyway. I didn't notice when I was watching the movie, but if all to um, complete his deception, I'm like, I love, I love this shit so much. Oh my god, I can't wait to watch this movie again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So anyway. now, do you think that Disney is at all disappointed with the? Uh, I mean, this isn't obviously this is not doing as well as the Force Awakens, but. The Force Awakens, I think, you know, it was the first of the new the new trilogy with Luke, Han, and Leia and all that stuff. Uh, I just, I, like, that's another thing that, that they some of the haters are saying is like, oh, it's it's way underperforming and what are they going to do? How are they going to steer this ship right? Oh, give and, me a break. Yeah, I, I've heard that as well, but I don't think that, I mean, I'm sure that Disney hoped that they would get the same numbers, which I think it did 1.6 and we're just over a uh, over one billion right now, but they're fine. They're gonna be fine. I mean, Blu-ray sales, Voodoo sales. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, yeah. uh, they're selling porgs out their ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're gonna be fine, even with all the haters and whatnot. You want to talk about concerning? Then you should relate it to DC or Warner Brothers and Justice League and shit like that, where it's scraping to make as much as Man of Steel. Yeah. That's not meeting expectations this movie is over a billion it'll be fine there i mean it's, so it's not having the same profit margin okay but it's still very very profitable for them yeah and they're gonna make two star wars movies a year moving forward from what i've heard Whew. so han solo is the han solo one comes out this summer yeah. i believe in may yep. and then there will be nothing this this coming winter and then uh, I guess another. I mean, I'm guessing the last Star Wars, the last of this trilogy, comes out 2020. Oh, well, let's see. This is uh, it was t- 2017. When it should be 2019. Okay, if they're keeping to that schedule, I, I think yeah. they will. Excellent. It depends. Yeah. Well, we have to see if Ron Howard's free to finish up whatever somebody fucks up. So. Oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about? Are you looking forward to Solo? Like I haven't. It doesn't seem like there's much buzz on that right now, and it's maybe it's because Force Awakens is or Force Awakens, Last Jedi is still you know cleaning house at the box office. I am I looking forward to Han Solo movie? Um, how do I answer this question delicately? I own the Ewok movies. Does that answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I will watch any damn thing Star Wars that there is. Absolutely. Including including floating fruit and frolicking. Oh, with... whatever. That, that shit is the most painful, but uh, hey. People are... I, I cannot believe the number of my friends that are putting the prequels above The Last Jedi. I just... I can't understand it. But they are. They're out there. They're out there doing it. 
<sighs> and it's hit dreams of visions I can't your, it, your touch and oh, whatever. Yeah. Let's frolic with the cattle, the space cows. <laughs> Let's roll around with space cows and ha 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 ha! What a great picnic! And I hate sand. It's coarse and rough. And oh my god! Yeah, sure. You know what? You can have that. I hate him. I hate him. <sighs> oh wow! That and, and there was a day where. There was a time where I was like, now, the uh, Attack of the Clones, that's up there. We both walked out of the theater and were like, that was the best one since Empire. Yep. I I don't feel like my feelings are going to change that drastically on Last Jedi. These new movies, or this last uh, trilogy that they're doing, feel way more like Star Wars movies than the prequels ever did. Even though I still like them and their, you know, visual feasts for the most part just special effects orgasms. Yeah. I still enjoy them for that. And you know, the bare bones story that goes between them, that, that couples all these things together. They don't, yeah. they, they never felt like star Wars movies as much as these sequels do. Even with my complaints with force awakens, it, they, it still felt way more like a star Wars movie than the prequels did. So, yeah. Yep. I would agree there completely. Okay. Uh, that's gonna be it for this episode. Holy shit. We're going on two hours. <laughs> Wow. Well, there's going to be probably some uh, some edits that our listeners won't hear where there's been... Oh, yeah. Scre- 40 minutes yeah. of cuts of me yelling at kids. It'd be great. <laughs> and squeaky chair. Oh. Yeah. Yours or mine? Or both? both. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing that next episode uh, is going to be a pretty uh, heavy one with uh, recently watched. Yes. Because I have a ton. So do I. I have a ton of shit. And it's going to be... That was my game plan. I was going to talk about about that with you in the, the pre-show, but we just uh, hit the ground running and kept going. Um, Next yeah. episode will be a roulette and recently watched, and that's it. Yep. Agreed. And then once we get all caught up and back on track, once again, we'll probably have Steven on. <laughs> yep. All right, man. I will see you next week. Uh, I suppose we should say something funny to end this. Uh, um, I thought we covered that with the frolicking with the space cattle and the... But maybe not your... Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. May your space cattle always be frolicked. You're breaking my heart, Annie. Oh, yeah. you're this path no, you're going down. Sad, I, I can't actually. go down this path with you. <laughs> and we're actually ending on a sad yeah, note sure. now. I saw him killing younglings. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> He's a great guy, Anakin. <laughs> wow. All right, man. See you next week. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) Thanks for listening.